T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We got a couple calls here want to take as we were talking about Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and whether their futures should be tied together. AJ, real quick, buddy, what you got for us? AJ, what's up? Trying to add empathy into the voice there. AJ, you let me down, buddy. But let's go with Ken. Ken, what you got for us, sounded, buddy? Sounded like excitement there to me. Uh, <laughs> good teams find a way to win a game. Bad teams find a way to lose it. And the Browns have been a bad team, largely because our management isn't doing its job. And by management, I mean head coach. Stefanski might be a great coach, but he's got to put his pride aside. He's immature as a head coach. There's analytics and there's foolishness. Sometimes you've got to step aside and manage the team. It's a lot of personalities that we're paying for. Uh, Cleveland's a great town, but it's a hard town. And he needs, to, he needs to pay attention and, you know, put that pride aside. Stop making stupid penalties. Letting, uh, if another encroachment happens again, Oh, I'm going to lose. Sorry. Uh, I feel like... Yeah, it's all right there. Thank you for the call, Ken. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there have been a lot of smart dudes who aren't good head coaches, though. I I, I do need to hear if you guys are... Um, if you guys are, are... If you guys think Kevin Stefanski is a good head coach, I have no problem with that. I just need to hear something other than play calling. I can find a good play caller. All right? Uh, I can find a Pat Shermer or a Jim Caldwell. And by the way, if Jim Caldwell wasn't 67 years old, God, would he be the perfect kind of coach to get to? And you coming up in about uh, 20 minutes, you do have the perfect head coach. Well, you do. Wow. We might. I don't know if there's a we there, but Hmm. I'm going to let you take credit for that. Well, I'll take it. I like credit. Uh, But Jim Caldwell would be the kind of guy, right? But like Pat Shermer, I can find a Pat Shermer. Um... Marty Morningways, I can find. We we're just talking about Marty off air. That's why Marty Morningways, you can find a Marty Morningway. Um, Morning, to think. Morning wig. Morning wig. That's what I said. You said it three different ways. Let's get to air. Air, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hi, how you doing? Doing well, buddy. What you got? What's up, Air? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just want to say that. Uh, first of all, Air is not my real name. I use a use a pseudo name because I'm I'm in the service industry, and I see like prostitution, a lot of, strip clubs. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm different kind of service. We'll like we, I'm a driver. We'll just put it like that. But I see, and I've called in before, and you may remember me. But I see things while I'm out here driving out of these Browns players that show me 
that their head is not where it needs to be. Just the other night, on Thursday night, I see two, I'm not going to say the names, but two prominent Browns players coming out of a place at 11.30 at night, drunk, and getting in their cars and going home. And how do you know they were drunk, buddy? And also, let's be a little careful on on saying, even with the uh, pseudonym there, buddy. Exactly, exactly. So, allegedly... But the point, go. but but my point, but my point is, is that to me, I see a lot of this. It's like a whole lot of partying out of these guys, and not enough focus on winning. You know, though, air, air, real quick, buddy, and uh, thank you for the pseudonym. Um, look, look, I, a lot of teams have guys that yeah, party. And that's go what out, I was gonna say. The NFL is a young man's league now. It is. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's it it does happen, but I think I'll, I'll say this much: when you're not winning, it becomes easier to look at those guys and be like, yeah, they don't care, and maybe they don't. I don't know. You know, um, I, if the team were in the playoffs, maybe they would be more focused. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I don't. I just I feel they were in the hunt last year, right? They lost more games in the second half than they than they won, so. I don't know that it's about focus. I don't know. I I don't really care. Like, I don't really care if players are out on East Ninth on Thursday or Friday night. I, you can do anything you want if you just win. It's like Kevin Stefanski's press conferences. You can say anything you want in a press conference when you win. You can just burp into a microphone for twenty minutes, and we'll be like, man, this this Kevin Stefanski guy, he gets it. He's funny. Uh, if you lose, you better be able to say something. And, well, and, I mean, that's the thing with, like, McDaniel in Miami. I mean, the guy has quirky lines all the time, but he's winning. Well, so everyone loves it. And it's funny because it's kind of the same thing with play calling, right? You can you can call whatever plays you want. Yeah, and by the way, it, we're critical of, of Stefanski pulling out uh, Watson on that fourth down play. Mm-hmm. If, if Jacoby hits that for a touchdown, he's a genius. Well, I was actually going to make the Mike McDaniel thing. Yeah. The last two weeks, uh, the Dolphins have lost, and I, I saw still would somebody... have been probably like, eh, I think Watson would have given you a better chance there. Yeah, but the, the last two weeks they've but you lost. Get the point. And I've already started to see people dust into Miami yeah. media go like, he got outcoached the last two weeks, or did he just lose? But or the difference is just have injuries on their offensive line. But the difference is they're seven and five. Yeah, you can fall back on the you still got a winning record. You can't do that with Kevin. And again, I, I think it's really important. I'm not saying fire Stefanski yet, but we've gone from me thinking zero. There's a, listen, there's a lot of pressure, Nick, on this game on Sunday or Saturday. I agree. A lot of pressure. The it's Browns a are a slight game. favorite against the division rival that's, backup. That, 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 that will be playing one of their backup quarterbacks. Yep. And, and oh, by the way, you're coming off a bad loss. Like, this is another one of those things where, okay, you can have a bad... Right now, they're, they've got a really bad loss about every four weeks. The first Ravens loss wasn't bad. You played them to the wire, you had the game-winning touchdown, and Amari Cooper got called for pushing off. The Patriots' loss was your bad loss. Four weeks later was the Dolphins' game. Bad loss. That four weeks later was the Bengals' game. You can't have back-to-back bad losses if you're Kevin Stefanski, but I don't want him fired yet. But I think there's a huge difference between... Uh, six and eleven, and eight and nine, and I think those are the two most likely records for the Cleveland Browns. Let's go.
go with Jeffrey. Jeffrey, welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, thanks, guys. So, Kevin Stefanski, he seems like he's got so caught up in analytics. The guy forgot how to count. Analytics tell him if the score is 3-3, three to three, you need seven points, Kevin, to win. That's what analytics tell him. But the NFL say you only need four points to beat the other team who has three points. Right? Mm-hmm. Carry the two. Okay, well, Kevin, he needs to come back down to earth. This analytics stuff, I'm not blaming Kevin. I'm blaming analytics. Okay, thank you. (laughs) There's so much of that I love. You can't, analytics is not a person. You can't blame analytics. There's There's nobody in the Browns analytics department that is like, I can't believe that SOB blamed us or blamed me. Um, analytics is not the problem. One, and I actually thought Lima did a really good job because Lima's just Lima's just Lima's so, just a troll. Well, no, Lima's so good at he's just so connected and he just talks with everybody. And you know, he was talking this morning about the idea that the uh, you know Browns analytics Twitter is starting to turn on Kevin Stefanski because he's doing things that are antithetical to what the numbers say. More emotion based decisions versus analytics. I don't think analytics are the problem. The Eagles are 11 and 1, and the Eagles are probably if not the Browns the most analytically driven organization in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens are top 5, right? The other teams have gone into their front office to pull out analytics guys and build their own. That's what uh, Taylor Rajak went from Baltimore uh, to Carolina to to head up their analytics department. Baltimore wins. It's about culture. It's about are you winning enough games? Do you you have guys that are playing consistently? And maybe some of that's on Andrew Barry. But player development, that's on coaching, right? Guys playing hard, that's on coaching. And listen, it makes me start to wonder, the more that this happens, if this is a little bit more than a Diet Coke fix, Dustin. Like, how much really is taking the play calling away from Kevin Stefanski going to do? Like, it might make him a better in-game head coach. Is it going to make guys develop? Is it going to make him hold his uh, assistant coaches accountable? Because there are people wanting Joe Woods fired for the last two years. Hell, there are people who probably wanted him fired year one. But there are people who've wanted, and, and Kevin Stefanski has never seemed like he's even close to making that happen. So, all right, there's one. What about Mike Prefer? And and I, I think Prefer. I think Prefer's been given a lot of not special teams player. Rookie kicker, a lot of the guys in the unit are guys that were drafted, not as special teams players, but as guys who were contributing. So, like, I can at least look at that and say, there's no Ashley Palmer, there's no Matthew Slater on this team. So that is the one thing I can defer to Prefer on. But even then, you could fire Prefer and maybe special teams would get better. But he hasn't done that because he's loyal to his assistants. Okay. Maybe to a fault. Yeah. And I think that bleeds over. I think this team doesn't play with a sense of urgency. They don't play with their hair on fire. And they don't, across the board, play like a team. I mean, where I, does that I, fall? I, I, mean, I forgot about this. Someone just tweeted this a little bit ago. And it was like, remember that game where he uh, suspended Delpit for one play? Yeah. Like, and not just that. The what, people, is, what does that do? The people who then went into, well, you could cost them a bonus. It could. Not a for certain because your your bonuses are tied to amount of starts and stuff like that. Ooh. Hey, this might screw you over in two years. It might. 
Ooh, you think about that. This hurts me a lot more than hurts you, Charlie. Uh, Sarah on Instagram saying, I feel like Stefanski is a more competent version of Shermer. Both were supposed to be great offensive minds. Both suck as head coaches. I actually, I agree. I think, um, it, I think Kevin has upside as a head coach. But I, I said this earlier, and I really think it's fair, and I think it's real. To be a leader of men, you have to first lead yourself. You have to hold yourself and your coaches to the highest standard. And then the standard for your players is right there under. But you have to hold yourself, and you cannot tell me now two years in, or sorry, three years in, but two disappointing years in, that there's a standard here. What is the standard in Cleveland? And Andrew well, Barry what, what doesn't are, what set do they that. say. It's uh, tough, smart, accountable. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I see any of those. Lou, the MVP, saying the roster's bad. You have $30 million in cap space. That's ridiculous. Andrew Barry's to blame. You wouldn't know if the roster's bad or not if the head coach is bad. And you would know. A telltale sign. Bad teams. Really well-coached teams, even if they lose, play better in the second half of the season. Well, the Dolphins game's in the second half of the season. Well, that Bengals game is in the second half of the is season. There any, is there anybody in the league that wants to see the Lions right now? It's funny. I was watching a show. I can't remember what it was. I was watching a show. Uh, oh, no, it was uh, Mike Greenberg's Teams? Show. Okay, let me give you two teams that no one in the NFL wants to see right now. I don't care if you're the Buffalo Bills. I don't care if you're the, the, the Chiefs, Niners. Like You don't want to see the Jaguars right now, and you don't want to see the Lions. Yep, and there are young teams who've just continuously got better. I'll give you my you know name. You, do, you know who you want to play? Cleveland Browns. That's right. But I've got to give the name that I think that this season would not have happened the way it is if this guy was the Browns head coach. Take it for what it is. It's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh walked into a team in San Francisco his first year. Here were the five seasons before he became the head coach. Six wins, eight wins, seven wins, five wins, seven wins. This is a team that was chock full of first-round talent, second-round talent, top-level talent that had underachieved. Alex Smith was a bust until Jim Harbaugh showed up in San Francisco. Anthony Davis, a long-time left tackle, was a bust playing right guard before Jim Harbaugh showed up. Jim Harbaugh showed up year one. There was minimal roster overhaul. He won 13 games, and they went to the AFC title game. That's the guy I mentioned earlier. If you're gonna, if you're going to fire Stefanski, this is not. We're gonna was the best uh, coaching search ever. We're gonna interview everybody under the sun. You only fire Stefanski if you fire him, and these are all big ifs. You only fire him is if you've got the guy in the chamber, and that guy is Jim Harbaugh. Look, I, I can't argue that he's a great coach. Um, he was a great NFL coach, great NFL player, and has now certainly turned the Wolverines around at Michigan. Uh, if, if he somehow was able to win this national championship, um, he could easily ride off into the sunset and go back to the NFL. I think if Minnesota, and frankly, even if he loses, I think if Minnesota had offered him the job last year, I think he would have gone to Minnesota. And I, 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 I know Jim has said otherwise, um, in terms of, of taking another NFL job, I'm not buying any of this. Now, maybe some of this is just his agent wants him uh, 
to get all that money that Michigan took away two years ago when they basically said, take a pay cut or we're going to fire you? Oh, yeah. He's, he's still got to be bitter about that. Yeah. I would be. And I'm sorry. That's the I, I think another guy I'd be interested in, and I think maybe I think Deshaun was interested in, had he gone to Houston this last year? I think Brian Flores is another guy that I think is interesting. Those are the kind of speeds you're going for. You are not going from Kevin Stefanski to hire um, – no, I mean you're, you're Skippy you, Mick uh, Skipperson, the OC of remember, the San remember Francisco remember 49ers. When the Browns tried to trade for Harbaugh, yeah, would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you. I was uh, like, boy, Joe Lowell had that. How different would things have been? Yeah, in 2014, if they had hired that was 2014, oh. right? Or was it 2013? One of those. One, 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 one of, of those. the 17 coaching searches. Um, but, but that's where. But yeah, at. no, I mean, my my point is they were interested. Does Harbaugh do it for you? Oh, listen, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very interested in Sean Payton. Uh, I don't know if he'd come here. I think Sean Payton would need football power, and I don't want to give a head coach football power. I want traditional GM with a with a head coach under him, and then I want the coach to develop the players that the GM drafts. Yeah, I, I'd give him power. <sighs> I, I'm a little leery of Sean. I think Sean's a genius, by the way. I really do. Like, offensively, he might be one of the 10 brightest offensive minds in the last 20 years in the NFL. He also is kind of in the, well, one, you'd have to pay for him in terms of draft collateral. I don't want to give up draft. No, I, I need a head coach that I don't have to give up uh, draft collateral for because you just don't have enough. Like, you're going to have to make some tweaks to the roster that I think are going to be painful. Um, it's going to be tough to do that if you have to give a second rounder this year and your 2025 first rounder. And, you know, I think you've just, you, your big ticket purchase with draft collateral was Deshaun, right? Yeah, but you got to have a coach that's right for the guy, you know, and we saw him with a bad coach in Houston, didn't win. Can, can we talk about something, by the way? Because you brought it up in the break. Yeah. So I'm saying, give me a Jim Harbaugh. Give me a Brian Flores. Right. Give me a guy I like who Brian Flores. I like Brian Flores a lot, and I think he. I don't think he would take any of the crap that this locker room's doing. I, my big question that, is that doesn't take crap from anybody. Yeah, well, that's my big question. He went through a lot of assistant coaches in three years in Miami. He's still well respected. He fired Jim Caldwell, I think, before Jim like coached a game for him as OC. Uh, Chad O'Shea used to be there. He fired Chad, I think, as OC. Like, I think he went through three OCs in three years, and I think he went through two DCs as well. That's not great. That's my only question about him. But on the, uh, you know what? Brian Flores is the head coach of the Cleveland Browns this year. They're at least 500 right now. And I think player development, we look at completely different. But those are the kind of things we're talking about. If if Kevin or if uh, Jimmy Haslam and Paul DePodesta and Andrew Barry, if if the if everything's the same, you're just plugging in a new head coach. That might work. I think it's time for Jimmy Haslam also to really take stock of how he set this thing up, if you're going to make that move. But I'll tell you this: the Browns are too talented to be five and eight. They were too talented last year, Dustin, mm -hmm. to be eight and nine. And the idea that you could just let it sail again and Joe Woods and Mike Prefer and Kevin Stefanski is play caller and everybody's just going to come back kumbaya. That's not how the NFL works. Not how it should work. There's continuity for the sake of continuity and then there's thoughtful tweaking to your organization over time. 
At this point, I think firing Kevin Stefanski might be tweaking. At this point, taking play-calling duties away from him or making him fire Joe Woods, that's tweaking. Something's got to change. I don't know what the answer is, and we'll we'll have a better idea of what the answer will be in the next month, but if things don't change in the next four weeks and you bring Stefanski back, I, I would totally be open to the idea of him giving the play calling to Van Pelt. Yeah. And and by the way, Van Pelt has kind of earned it. Yeah. Like, I don't know Van Pelt's going to be a great play caller. Well, think but- about this. Van Pelt and, and Stefanski together developed the game plan that we see. Yep. Certainly, it's great in the first quarters. That is planned throughout the week. So Van Pelt has a good feel for this offense and, and how to have success. I, I just think that on game day, if I'm Stefanski, I'd rather just, hey, you hold the card, bro. And, and Kevin would still have input. For sure. Right? What was the Ben Johnson? The, the thing from Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah, Campbell. it was great. So Dan Campbell, um, if you watch that game this weekend against the Vikings, there was a fat guy first down. It was it was late in the game, and they needed it to, to basically seal the game. And, and Campbell was like talking on the, the Pat McAfee show. He's like, it's like, I was looking around, and man, the crowd was rocking. They were doing the wave, and... Um, who's the OC? Brian, uh, uh, Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson. Thanks. He, Ben Johnson comes back. He's Campbell. Hey, can we do the, uh, you know, the, the bootleg to, to Penne? And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But he's like, I, I, I kind of forgot that he asked me. <laughs> he's like, I was watching the wave. And next thing you know, you got a defensive lineman catching catching a pass. Kelvin, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, buddy. I'm a super Browns fan. I'm not going to bore you with the whole I witnessed this and yada, yada, yada and all that. But you are but a I super Browns fan, just to be clear. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll start uh, saying this. We are we missed the tea leaves. Um, they gave us the tea leaves this beginning of the season that this pretty much was going to be a wash. I know Deshaun is going to make $230 million, but right now he's making $0 out there playing football this year. And also, we are started the season with a backup quarterback. Now, our offense looked amazing at the beginning of the year. It just these losses came from the defense. Everything that we've done predicated on just us surviving. But for some reason, us fans, well, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to put myself with us, but us fans lost the fact that we, we just was rebuilding, retooling, getting ready for Deshaun to come back. Well, but That's Calvin, a- real quick, because I'll, I'll give you a chance to answer to this. Um, okay. If they had lost the way we thought they were going to lose, you'd be right. Right, we thought they were okay. going to play good defense, decent special teams, and then the offense was going to be the reason you were four and seven or five and eight now to this point. That has not been right. the case. But nobody foreseen Joe Woods to struggle as much as mightily as he did, or Mike Prefer. Nobody seen that coming. Everything well, was pretty- that's Kevin Stefanski's job. Yeah, that's his job. At the same time, at the same time, we are based on. <laughs> production from Bless our you. offense, which we were getting numbers from a backup quarterback. We were. Yeah, now, I, I, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I didn't mean to give you the quick uh, trigger finger there. That's my bad. Um, I'm, I don't think you get the excuse for that. You returned like 80% of the defense that you had last year, and your defense went from top 10 in the NFL, that's where I think they finished last year, to being bottom 10, which is where I think they are right now in DVOA. So... What changed? Buy-in. That's I, like that's the thing. Like I don't want to be here. I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want. And there, every time you change a head coach or a GM or a, a president of whatever the hell Paul D. Podesta does, 
Um, something. Yeah, something with he carry he carries the two a lot with the with the math. Um, every time you make that change, there is risk, and that's the thing that scares me. The Browns should be beyond this risk, but yet, as I started thinking about this year, and we had somebody earlier say, "Well, what what games can you kind of point to and say that he lost? Bengals game, Dolphins game, Patriots game." Those are three games off the rip. I can yep. tell you they lost. Uh, culturally, they lost the Jets game as well. Who's in, tro- who's in control of the culture? Kevin Stefanski. There have been too many losses, and it's not – because I think it's easy to say. If you say, well, you had 11 games with a backup, of course you're going to lose. But that's not why you've lost. It's what kills me. If this season had gone according to plan, really bad defense, right? Can't really throw the ball. But a decent defense, even a defense, top 15 in the NFL, but not top 10. Good special teams. Right now, I'm not talking fire Kevin Stefanski. No, we're, we're talking a team that's probably above 500. Well, or if that's why they're 5-8, and eight, I, can, I can digest that. Yeah. That's not why they're 5-8. and eight. They're 5-8 and eight because they don't play hard consistently. They don't play as a team. They've not developed players the way they need to. And all of those things go to coaching and – and again, it's not that I want him fired. It's that we're on Kevin Stefanski watch. He's got four games to either really muck this up and put himself in real danger, or he's got four games to go ahead and minimize the changes he will have to make. That, to me, is what the next four games represent. It did not have to look the way it looked on Sunday. It's funny, man. Like Before the, the Sean return, it felt like there was no chance that Stefanski could ever be in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. And two games in, here we are. Mary Kay, this morning, with Baskin and Phelps, said, oh, there's no chance. And I think that, and she has kind of said, like, that's yeah. what I'm hearing. That's exactly what they should be saying right now. Well, well you're, you're hearing from them. I mean, yep. like, if you're if you're hearing from them, is my point. And, yeah, they're not going to say that he's on the hot seat. Why would you at this point? The guy's got a month to, to prove that he can turn something around here with Deshaun Watson. And? But guess what, man? We've seen it before. A hundred times with the Haslam's. And you can't make that move. You can't even admit that there you might make that move until you have the guy you're going to hire. You just have to. That's true. Mike, you got about 60 seconds here, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, thanks for taking the call. So I'll be quick on two things. One is uh, is the game speed from a head coach standpoint, going back to that first drive. If he knew he was going to go for it on fourth down, he absolutely wanted a touchdown. Then have Chubb on the field on third and fourth down. Have Watson in and play straight up football. Don't throw a backup quarterback out there faking everybody you're going to run a sneak and then throw a low percentage ball. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling because we're talking about Stefanski. You know where he lost his edge? And this isn't a referendum on Baker or anybody else. But when Jarvis Landry came in and put some attitude in the team and Baker came in and put some attitude in the team and those guys aren't on the roster anymore, who's got it? You got workaholics like Chubb and Cooper who are quiet guys. If you're not going to get some doggone drive out of the players on the team to hold each other accountable, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady break, breaking a clipboard or, you know, whatever, whatever, then you by gosh better get it out of your head coach. Give me Dan Campbell and have somebody biting someone's kneecap off. If you don't have that from the players, you got to have it from your leader. I think and that's time a- after time, whether it's a bad call or a stupid play or even a great play, you look at the sideline and you got a stinking human laptop standing there with a beer with his arms crossed. 
No emotion whatsoever. Throw your headset down once, Kevin. Act like you care about what's happening on the damn field. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. There have been two head coaches that I've heard uh, in the last three years that have been hired, and the, the, the selling point was they're the same every day. They never get out of control. They never get too high. They never get too low. Those two coaches are Kevin Stefanski and Matt Rule. One guy that got fired in two and a half years, one guy that might be daring the Browns to fire him uh, after his third year here. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.